Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. joy. The only way you're going to find that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. When I think about someone who didn't have joy, I can't help but think about this season and a man by the name of Scrooge. He's the epitome of just the opposite of what it means not to have joy. What a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic, stingy, individual he was until he met the ghost of Jacob Marley and he kind of toured him through life and death and how he had been behaving and then when he found joy wow what a difference he made but you know I've seen that in other people especially in flesh I love when a cantankerous selfish self-centered narcissistic person finds the joy of the Lord it is very evident and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning the joy of the Lord let's pray father may everyone in this room and those looking in online this morning see you right where they're at Will you sow seeds of joy in their lives this morning? May they discover that seed and allow you to plant it in their minds and hearts. And then would you water and fertilize that seed this morning, Father, that seed of joy. The joy of the Lord is our, is my strength. May they be able to say that this morning. After listening and after leaving this place is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at four things this morning. The joy of salvation, the joy of the house of the Lord, the joy of repentance, and the joy of today. Well, Psalms 13.5 reminds us about the joy of salvation. He said, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Listen, when you have to convince someone you have the joy of the Lord, there's a great possibility you don't have the salvation from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because he brings joy. Let me illustrate that with a passage found in Acts 16. And while you're turning there, it's it's about the jailer. You know, Paul and Silas were on their way to Philippi, and they led a young lady who her profession was dealing in purple cloth, and they led that young lady to Christ, and then they went down to the river to have a prayer meeting, and they met this demon-possessed woman who was able to predict the future, and uh, the apostles cast out the demon. Remember, you have authority over the enemy this morning. I want to remind you, now, you, know, you can't walk around loosely and begin uh, trying to dibble-dabble on that. You better be walking with the Lord before you try to deal with the enemy. You better have the joy of the Lord and the salvation of the Lord. But when you do, Jesus said, I took the keys from the enemy and you have power over the enemy. He has literally no power over you unless you give it to him. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Start thinking that way and acting that way and behaving that way. And the apostles did that. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the demons left, or at least left their presence. And then, guess what? All hell broke loose. That's scripture. I'm sorry. Okay, that is what the scripture says. Don't anybody email or text me. I've been at the band of the brothers this week, so forgive me of that. But that's the truth. All chaos broke. All double H-E, double hockey stick broke loose. Okay. Here's what happened in Acts chapter 16. After they had been severely flogged, you know, all these people were mad because they lost their, their, uh, their, their wealth in this young lady because she was able to predict the future. And as she predicted the future, they made money off of her. As soon as they found out they, 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 you know, their, the bank account was going to go down, and they, they, they decided to bring these two characters before the, the rulers, and the rulers had them flogged. That's where we pick up in the story. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. He wanted to make sure. They made no commotion or noise under his watch. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They weren't complaining and whining about their circumstances. They were praying and they were singing hymns to God. How in the world can you do that unless you're full of the joy of the Lord, unless you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? There's no way you can act that way or behave that way, and you can't fake it. So about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And, well, the other prisoners had nothing you knew, do, nowhere to go. They had no television in jail, no ESPN, and, and no Twitter or you know, social media platforms. So they were forced to listen, and they did listen to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake, and the foundation of that prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. There was a lot of a jailhouse religion at that moment. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. What would you do if you were in that situation? They stuck around. Paul stuck around and said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Man, the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, the Holy Spirit was working through their singing. The Holy Spirit was working through their praising God while they were in torment. It just didn't make sense to the jailer and the other prisoners. So the Holy Spirit had been worked at work. Here is their answer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ plus nothing, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he was filled with misery. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, and he and his whole household believed and were full of joy. If you want joy, joy 
joy down in your heart. Where? Down in your heart. If you want and the joy of the Lord. Where? Down in your heart. You guys look at me kind of weird. I'm full of joy today. You see, when you really receive Christ, the joy of the Lord comes in you. He puts that seed in you. You don't conjure it up. It comes in you. And so I kind of scratch my head when people say, I, I, I got saved, and, and uh, I look at them, they look like misery or death written all over them, and they just told me they got saved. Listen, it's impossible for the crater to come in you and give birth to you, and you remain silent and not have the joy of the Lord. So if you want the joy of the Lord, it begins with salvation. I've had the privilege to counsel a lot of people in the last few weeks. And then Jacob and I and others from the church went to Band of Brothers, and we had the privilege to talk to many and counsel with many and then lead some to Christ. And listen, I cannot fix your problem. I, I tell everybody, I don't care whether you have PhDs, HIDs, and whatever you have. It begins with the Lord. I tell you, I may not have all the experience that you have. I, I just sat recently with someone that is a, a, has his Ph.D. in uh, psychology, and he sat in my office with someone else. And, and I told the person, if you're going to come in my office, there, there, there's something I can give you that no one else can give you, that no other secular counselor can give you, and I'm going to talk about that. So if, if, you, if, you, if you want to hear from me, that's what I'm going to give you because your problems aren't going to be fixed unless it begins with Jesus Christ. The joy of salvation is the beginning and the end of your problems. Well, let me continue. Your joy of salvation begins with salvation, and there is real joy, but the joy of salvation will be immediately shared with your friends. I, I had the privilege of leading some of the Christ this weekend, and I said, okay, now that you're saved, who's the first person you want to tell? Now, I want to duck and not let anybody know. I wanted the world to know when I got saved. I wanted everything that moved to let them know someone up there loved me and saved me. I couldn't keep my mouth shut about Jesus Christ. That's what happened to me. If, you didn't, if it didn't happen to you, I'm going to tell you and judge you you're not saved. No, I'm just teasing you. The joy of the Lord came into my life and came into some of your lives. Remember, Jesus said, those who have been saved from much love much. But I wanted everyone to know. Look at the tax collector in Luke 15. I'm giving you biblical illustrations just besides human illustrations. This is scriptural. You remember the tax collector? He, he was so excited. He brought all his buddies to his house. And, of course, all the religious leaders frowned upon him. And, you know, those were his buddies. And he wanted his buddies to know about the greatest thing that ever happened to him. But there's also a kind of joy in the Lord when, uh, you know, you, you don't even know him. And he didn't know him, and then he did, did know him. And let's pick up the story in Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, all these churchy people. Now I'm not talking about genuine people. I'm talking about churchy people, religious people. The pretenders, the phonies, the hypocrites, the self-righteous. These Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I thought the Great Commission was to go into all the world, get amongst the sinners, and teach and preach the gospel. I thought that's why you were appointed religious leaders. Duh, don't you get it, guys? No, they didn't. 
So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Now he's thinking about Israel and many of them are lost. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice, 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 just like we sang this morning. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So you see, folks, when you get saved, it, your salvation will bring you joy. You'll share that joy with family and friends. And if you haven't, you better come out of the closet because Jesus said, if you deny me before your family and friends, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Well, speaking about heaven, there is joy in heaven over your salvation. Remember, again, the parable of the tax collector. I'll repeat it again. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Listen, if you're not going to be full of joy, heaven is full of joy over you repenting of your sins. So there is joy in your salvation, so much so that you share that joy with your family and friends and even angels who serve God and serve you and me, rejoice over your salvation. Is Jesus the reason for your joy this morning? Do you even have this joy? Then and only then can you really worship him with joy. If you don't have joy, something is wrong. Let's look at now the joy of worship. Joy comes again when you experience Christ as your risen Savior. You're excited because of this gift. You know, I can only share my experience, and then I can give you some experiences from Scripture. They changed. They were enthused. They were excited, and they wanted to worship God. Now, let's turn our attention to the giver of that joy, rejoicing because you're in the presence of the Lord. 1 Peter 8 through 9. See, when you get saved, you rejoice because you're in the presence of the Lord. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Psalm 16 and 11 takes it a little bit further. David said, you make me know or you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasure at your right hand. When you get into the presence of the Lord, he wants to fill you with joy. That's why this morning you have to be intentional. Die to yourself. Block off all the other things you're thinking of doing or going to participate in today. 
even look past me, and you are in the presence of God this morning. As David said, where am I going to go that you're not already there? It is an awkward thing to be speaking on behalf of Jesus this morning when I know he's in the house. But all I can do is express what he's taught me, what he's done for me, and what he'll do for you or what you're already experiencing. He said when you're in his presence, he will fill you. Not with misery, that's what Satan wants to do. Not with hate, that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to hurt you, and Jesus wants to fill you with joy. Well, joy in his presence, then there's joy in the house of the Lord. We sing that. Joy in the house of the Lord. Psalms 150 reiterates that. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. David goes a step further and reiterates this point of not only being in his presence, but being in the house of the Lord. He said, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found the home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. He goes a step further. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those whose walk is blameless. Well, I testify to this joy. I've told you not only when I got saved, but even the day that I got married, we were in the house of the Lord, my wife and I. I want to be in the courts of God. I wanted to be in his house where God's people are. I wanted to be in his house with the people that I will live with forever. I wanted them to share the joy, not only of my marriage, but of my salvation. I wanted to be in the house in the courts of the Lord. It wasn't because I was great. It's because I knew the greatest one that has ever lived. I love the house of God. Do you love the house of God? Remember, he said, don't forsake the gathering of the saints when they get together. Or some are in the habit of doing. But as you see that day approaching, even more so should you want to gather in the presence of the company that you'll be with forever and ever and ever. Hmm. Joy begins with salvation. And then when you have that salvation, You'll have joy in the presence of the Lord, and you'll want to be in the house of the Lord and worship him. Not only worship him publicly, but my greatest worship and your greatest worship should be privately. I think of things that rob us of this joy, so I couldn't help but think about the joy of restoration. 
You see, maybe right now you're not in the best situation. I just came from, and Jacob and I just came from a, a band of brothers where there are so many wounds, so many hurts, so many, so much sorrow, so much pain that had been inflicted upon all of us since we've been children. It had been inflicted upon you. And then we get saved, and some of those wounds still kind of ooze out a little bit, and it robs them of their joy. And, and then they, they, try to, they try to put salve on that wound, that hurt and that pain. They try to medicate it. And so Satan's sure to be standing there with all kinds of bells and whistles and trinkets and gadgets, and, 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 and we buy for that. And, and then it robs us of that joy that God gave you the moment you received him as your Savior. So I want to tell you this morning, you can have that joy of restoration this morning if you'll do a couple things. One is, is to return, and the joy of salvation will be yours. Return from where you departed from the Lord. Zechariah 1, 2 reminds us of this. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty is asking you, looking in online this morning, or you here this morning. You want the joy of the Lord, then return to the Lord. He said, return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. You see, when we choose the sin, we find ourselves outside of God's plan and his purpose. The lines become blurred, and compromise has crept in. Desire for the things of God no longer burn as a fire within us. Repentance is the only thing that can restore us back to our Father. David knew about this in Psalms 51, 12. We are so familiar with this after he committed such unthinkable sins, sins perhaps the religious establishment would really write them off with the sins of murder and adultery. And after he asked God to forgive him, after his sin was pointed out to him because of the proclamation of the truth, he said to the Father, restore the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Aren't we glad for the gift of repentance that immediately, not unlike when I used to belong to a particular denomination and church where I had to wait one week to go to a particular priest and confess my sins. Sometimes you had to wait a month and perhaps in the olden days you had to wait till you traveled to a certain place. And even, even the Samaritan woman said, well, you know, we, we, we kind of worship here. And, and Jesus said, well, we really know how to worship. And, but the time is coming now. You can worship right where you're at. And you can ask for forgiveness right where you're at this morning and return to God and enjoy the joy of salvation. He'll be sure to put that seed of salvation and joy in you if you desire that this morning. He also said, return and the joy of plenty will be yours. I, I, listen, I've been around saints a long time. And many do not know the joy of the Lord because of the passages that we uh, have covered over the last few weeks. Let me begin with Isaiah 118. I'm talking about the joy, not just of material things, but of a lot of things. But it does include material things. But Isaiah 1 tells us, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I don't know what you've committed, what you've done in your life. Since you've known Jesus, 
he, he, he's saying, okay, it's, it's, it's filthy, it's ugly, it's nasty. But come now, let's reason together. Let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And if you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. I believe this means you will not be scratching out a living. I believe that many do not have real joy of the Lord because they're Scrooges. And they don't have the joy of the Lord at all. They're very selfish. You see, returning to the Lord produces internal and external results. Just like the Scrooge, it was evident that something happened to him. And he went around giving gifts. Well, the scripture explains this a little bit further in a passage that we covered a few weeks ago, Malachi 6. The Lord says, I do not change. So the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed because you're still alive. You still are in your country, although you're not back to the Davidic Solomon era. But I'm still on my throne and you have not been destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees, not just one thing, but many things, and I'm not kept them. Think of the Ten Commandments. How many have you and me broken since we've believed? He said, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Now, he got specific in this particular instance and said, well, they said, well, how are we to return Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you ask, how have we robbed you? Well, kind of, you're like a Scrooge in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. So he said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. He said, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So you see, when we return to the Lord, we start obeying his decrees and what he's taught us. But again, like I told you in the Proto Principle, 80% of the people are Scrooges. And they're screwed. Because they will not receive the joy of the Lord. They're very selfish. It's easy to be around selfish saints. Because 8 out of 10 around you are that away. Let me express it a little bit further by the parable of the lost son, what you will receive, okay? This is about joy. The joy you will receive. You remember the story of the prodigal son. Just to fill you in the gap and then get to the passage. Remember, the son wanted everything from Papa. He was very selfish. He was a Scrooge. And so Daddy gave him his inheritance while he was living. He went off, squandered it. That's why you don't leave your inheritance to your child when he's 13, 18, 21, 25, 35, 40 maybe. <laughs> he went off and squandered it. Even as he was living amongst the heathen, the pigs, as he fed them, he was not even allowed to eat what the pigs ate. He said, you know, I'm better off going back to my father even as a slave. 
So I'll pick up that story in verse 11 in Luke 15. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, and it's good to read the scripture, guys, even though you know the story, because God's word does not return void. Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, and not long after that, the, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, feed, to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have found food to spare? And here I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Now remember, it's not about the son. It's about the father. It's a picture of the father in heaven. I want you to picture how he's waiting for you, either for the first time, to call him daddy, father, or returning to him by repenting of your sin. Here's what God will do for you. Here's the picture he left you and me. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as wool. So here's what he does. His father sees him. The heavenly father sees you coming. But while he was still a long way off, angels, get ready. Here he comes. Strike up the band. One's coming home again. Come on, let the angels sing. Hosanna, Hosanna. That, that's what's happening on earth and in heaven. And he says, but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But look how the father behaves towards you and me. But the father said to his servants, quick, he ignored all that. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals and his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And so they begin to celebrate. Now, I understand that in context, this actually is about salvation, one getting saved and one not when you really read that parable. Don't believe the commentaries when they tell you it's about a lost sinner. But I believe it, 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 we can apply this to those who repent, that the Father is waiting to celebrate with you and forgive you. He does not treat you as your sins deserve. He said, let's reason together. He said, ask me and I will forgive you. And so the Father wants to celebrate with you. Remember the wealthy people of the world, they have plenty, but they have no joy because they do not have Jesus. But the believer has Jesus and has plenty of joy. Again, there is more joy than material possessions. Jesus is the reason for this season that we celebrate. You know, this morning I was in my office and I'm getting ready to preach on this message. And um, I, it, it was amazing. I experienced a miracle this morning. I did not have the joy of the Lord. And I went to band the brothers and 
There were some wounds from my childhood. I, I, I'm, I'm an older guy now. I'm, I'm above the age of 45 now. I'm a little older. People were trying to guess my age because I was telling them my story, the band of brothers about going in the army and got out in 1974. And a group of people came up to me and started questioning me that I was lying to them. They really did. They, they, the figures just don't add up. But what I really want to tell you about is, is many men were there. There was no woman that I saw. And they, they, they came wounded. They were in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s. And, you know, I kind of resist this thing about, oh, going back in your past and, okay, get over it. Man up and get on with life. That's kind of the attitude that's been presented to us as men. And perhaps we think that's how the Lord thinks. And, you know, I, I, I listen. Often I will listen. And then I go off by myself. And then, and then the clouds open up. And this morning, I'm in my office. I said, God, I'm preaching on the joy of the Lord. Now, I wasn't miserable. The, nothing that I knew was between God and myself. But all of a sudden, the heavens opened and tears of joy started coming in my heart. That seed that was dropped at that conference and some of the seeds that John Eldridge spoke about about the wounds of my childhood that I, you see, I was saved and I had the joy of the Lord, but you see, in sanctification, God is completing us to be like his son. And, and through my journey of sanctification and through your journey of sanctification, we shed things in our journey. Jesus gets rid of things. In fact, some of those things you get rid of right off the bat, right off the get-go, because he wants to show you he is savior of your lives. But some of the things it seems like we have to work on. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? And the wounds I received as a child and from my dad and my mom. And, and, and then I didn't think it really bothered me. And then it just broke loose in my room this morning. And, and I, I found forgiveness and I found relief and I found joy. And he, that seed, that one seed that was sown, that, that was in there and I didn't even know it was in there, just began to spring up. And, and there was a well of joy in my heart. And I just began walking around in my room and thanking God for forgiving me and putting up with me. And I repented of some things that I'm not going to tell you what they are because we learned something at Band of Brothers. And you know what that was? Do you know what that was? What is it, J.C.? That's right. So that's staying between me and the Lord, and that's not for me to announce to all of you, okay? But I, I, I repented of some things, and don't think the worst. Don't go thinking, what is that, preacher? What is that? You want me to tell you? No. <laughs> and, and man, just joy, joy, joy that I've always had on and off. And it does come on and off, doesn't it? Because we sin, we repent. We sin, we repent. But let me tell you something. It never gets old with God. It never gets old with him. So what am I trying to say this morning? When you repent of your sin or sins, the joy of the Lord can be yours this morning. If you're looking in online and you're sitting in your home, it can be yours this morning if you repent of your sin. Or perhaps the wounds, the wounds that you've had, guys, and, 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 and it's like yeast in a loaf of bread. Yes, yes, you, you can eat that bread, but isn't it wonderful when that loaf of bread just continues to expand 
Well, no, it's not that wonderful because I'm talking about the yeast of sin that begins to invade parts of your lives that may keep you from being the child of God that you need to be, the, the wife that you need to be to your husband or that the husband needs to be to his wife. That joy immediately produced a lot of things between me and God this morning and that I was able to preach this message with joy. And I started texting some people, you know, that's always a time to tell somebody that you love them. And, uh, and don't let that moment go by because a little later the enemy will stiffen up. You, don't, don't be vulnerable. You're a guy, you know, don't tell everybody. Don't, 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 don't let them see those weaknesses in you. That, that's the temptations we have at time, guys. But, but go ahead and let it gush out. Go ahead and tell the ones that are closest to you that you love them and you appreciate them. That's what the joy of the Lord will do when you repent of your sin. You'll get right with your wife or your husband or your children or your neighbor or your boss. And, and you'll begin to ask for forgiveness. And the joy of the Lord will be yours automatically. So if you walked in here this morning, you don't have the joy of the Lord. First of all, you can't know that unless you know Yeshua as your Lord and Savior. That's where it begins. That's where the seed enters in. Because before you know Jesus Christ, you have no joy. You have temporary happiness and moments and bouts of happiness, but you do not have the joy of the Lord. Then secondly, when you have the joy of the Lord, you're going to be, want to be around God's people. Why in the world are you still hang around those other people? Why are you dating those people that don't even know the Lord? I had to remind someone of that at the band of brothers as he began to talk to me. He said, well, tell me about your gal. And, you know, what about this guy? Or what about this gal? Does she know the Lord? I think so. <laughs> you think so? I, I've been in counseling session, sessions with a, a man and a woman, and, and I'll, I'll ask them, did you know this person was saved? No, I didn't. Just because someone says something doesn't mean they're saved. Once you get saved, you want everyone to know, you want to be in the house of God, you want to be around God's people, and you'll want to detach yourself from the people of the world and the friends of the world. He said, come and separate yourself. That's what it means to be holy. Be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. That is the target. Be holy. Separate yourself from the world and the things of the world. And be holy, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Well, I end on this this morning. I didn't go too long this morning. How about joy today? Well, I have the joy of the Lord today, I confess to you. I, I, I really, I, I ask God, please, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you. And every time I kept thinking about this, I was crying uncontrollably in my office this morning because I was filled with the joy of the Lord. Just some things that he took away from me, some pain from the past. And he taught me that everything should be found in him. Not in that husband, not in that wife, not in your job, and not in your children. But that joy is found in him. You see, he's the one that created the mother. He's the one that created the father. And all those attributes that go with the mother or with the father that maybe you were robbed of and I was robbed of can be found in him. And that joy can be found in him. But, but the enemy comes along and, again, with its, its gadgets, it, it, it reminds me of some movies that I've seen in the past, uh, mostly kids' movies. 
and uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. How many ever watched the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? You remember the enemy comes along with that nice cage with popsicles and lollipops and he draws the kids out that are down in the basement peeking out the bars of the window and he entices them to come out. Ooh, yoo-hoo. And that's exactly what the enemy does. So you see those, those pain, that pain, that hurt in your life, that, those disappointments in your life. I always went around and felt like, I remember, I remember being 20 years old, and, 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 and when I came out of the army, I had a duffel bag. I had nowhere to go. No one loved me. My parents wouldn't take me home. The army told me to get out was an honorable discharge. I landed in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, with a duffel bag and nothing. Absolutely nothing. No home, no money, no one wanted me, and no one loved me. I don't know how any worse it can get for you, but that's about as bad as it can be. And for the next two years, I wandered around from job to job, hitchhiking all over the place, staying where I could in the streets, in people's homes, until one day I fell on my knees and cried out to God, Jesus, save me. Boy, what joy filled my soul. My life has never been the same since because the Savior came in me and he began to reveal himself to me. And he began to chart out a path that I would walk on for the next 40 years with a lovely woman and he began to give me a testimony to tell others about him. And I told people, it reminds me of Hacksaw Ridge. How many have seen Hacksaw Ridge? And I haven't really seen the whole movie. I've seen bits and pieces. And, and God told me, you're going to turn around and you don't have a rifle because the weapons that we use are not the weapons of this life. They're different. But I'm going to give you some weapons and you're going to go and, and you're going to help the wounded. And you're going to go rescue them just like Private Desmond Doss did. With no weapons of mankind, he went around rescuing people from injury and hurt and pain. And you see, when you receive the joy of the Lord, you want to turn back around and begin to rescue other people that were in the position that you and me were in. And see, Jacob and I don't have to try to come up with some gimmick to grow this church. If indeed we will turn back around and look like Desmond Doss did and see on the landscape of this planet the wounded people that are lost, that are lonely, and that are losers. You see, when I stood before Jesus Christ, I was lost, I was a loser, and I was lonely. And I had nothing to give him. Nothing. Everything that I have today, I owe him. Everything I have, everything, it's his. And he has access to it. But I want to be a person that brings joy in the life of people. you got to be joy in order to bring joy in the people's lives. So would you at least today bring joy in your life today? As the psalmist said, this is the day the Lord has made. Oh, thank you, God, for letting me have that joy. We will, I will, we will rejoice and be glad in it. 
rejoice in the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. But I want to live to bring joy into other people's lives. Thank you, God, for bringing joy in my life. Would you use me? Could you make that your prayer? God, would you use me to bring joy into someone else's life? The only way they can have joy is not the fake stuff around the holidays. That's all Satan's trinkets and ice cream like he did with those kids. And he got them in there and he took off the tarp and realized they were trapped. And a lot of Christians have got trapped with the trinkets and the bells and whistles of this life. And they've been robbed of their joy in the Lord. End it today. Repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Or repent of your sins when he said, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I had a lot of other scripture, but because of time and to honor God and honor you, we will end with this thought in mind. You notice that the joy of the Lord is noticeable. I don't care what kind of personality you have. The Scrooge, he may not have walked around like, like this, but you could tell by his actions that he loved the Lord. I understand that I don't have the same personality that you have and you don't have the same personality that I have. But if you really know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've repented of your sins, the joy of the Lord will be evident in your life. And a lot of people need to see that this season of Thanksgiving and this season of Christmas. Would you stand with me please at this time? Well, the seeds have been sown. You're looking at online this morning. The seeds have been sown into your minds and hearts through the technology that God has given us. The seeds have been sown in your life this morning. Will you let them water and fertilize that? It's spring up. Oh, well, spring up in you so that there's joy like a fountain this morning. It can be yours. Just make that decision this morning and the joy of the Lord can be yours. Will you do that this morning? Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.